millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Right, somebody better bring some energy to this fucking podcast. I... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utter bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing kind charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. So also just a quick reminder, coming up this Monday, November 15th at 8 p.m., we are having, I don't even know what number it is, but another one of our fantastic WTB New Material Nights. Uh, we have the fabulous Deborah D. Giovanni coming back again uh, to grace us with her new material and also our special guest, Bethany Black, who we are very excited to finally have on the new material night. So you can get tickets if you look on our Facebook page or any of our social medias. You will see a Dice ticket link. We cannot wait to see you. Well, I just I just got a little acting job for a sketch, which I'm quite pleased about. Can I ask what this sketch is for? It's just like it's he does sketches and it's going to be one of his sketches. So On, on where? where? Where can we see on it? On social media. And then, you know, I was always, I had shout on, on Friday, so it was very like big gig I was organising. So I treated myself, I think Alison would appreciate this, it's um like a whole box of goodies from Marks and Spencers. Oh, did you get the, is that the gift box? Yes! Maureen! The Marks and Spencers one is one of the best ones too. Yes. yes. It's £300 worth of goods and you get it for 40 quid. Oh, sorry, can we rewind? This appears to be a conversation you've had when I wasn't around. <laughs> Firstly, what are you two doing having conversations without me? And secondly, what are you talking about? No, no, we haven't talked about this, but you they do this every Christmas. There's like a, if you spend over 30 quid, you can get this box of goodies, which is for 40 quid. Now, but you both know I don't like spending 40 quid at the best of times. But I thought, you know what, Maureen, treat yourself. So I did. So I bought 30 quid worth of items from M&S and treated myself to 40 quid's worth of goodies to pamper myself with. No, it's 300 quid's worth. I was confused as to what was going on, and now I absolutely see. You're up 300 quid, Maureen. That's what you are. Well, 260 to be precise, but yeah. Now, Maureen, (laughs) you want to know something even crazier than I do? This is what I do. I take that box then, and I go through all the items, and then I re-gift. 
some of those oh. things. You're making money while you're giving. There is no better feeling out there. Because then you don't have to buy them a gift. So, Alison, you can look forward to some, I don't know, moisturising ear cream. And I, I, I can look forward to some it. nail polish remover, even though I don't wear nail polish. That is the kind of gift you could expect from Maureen. Jen, I bought you some eyeshadow remover. I don't wear eyeshadow. I mean, is there an eyeshadow remover? I don't know. <laughs> My moustache grooming set. Uh <laughs> When I was at Shout, somebody filmed my whole 10-minute set. Like, they filmed the whole thing. The Glee were great because they made them delete the whole thing in front of them. But you're just like, why would you film the whole set of something? Why don't you just watch the set? I feel the same, Maureen. One, I don't like people filming me because I'm not in control of where that goes and who sees it. But I went to, as I told you last week, Laura Marling. Mm. There were two blokes sat in front of me because we were sitting down. We didn't stand. <laughs> we had chairs. It was absolutely out. I mean, it was one of the, I have sort of the best times of my life. One that I was going to see Laura Marling, but when I turned up, I went, oh God, I hope we can get to the front or near the front so I can see something. And my mate went, oh no, we're, we're sitting down. And I was like, okay, 2021 is back on track. Anyway, I digress. So I'm at this Laura Marling gig, two chaps in front of me, videoed and photographed the whole show. I don't think they watched or experienced the being in the moment and listening to the person that they paid money to see. Actually, I was actually annoyed at them filming it because their phones are in front of my sight line. I mean, I could obviously still see her, but I was like, just put your phones down, lads. Come on, enjoy the moment. Listen, because sometimes when you're listening to something live, you miss things, don't you? Unless you're really in it. And, and, and comedy... I mean, if you're filming it, you're not laughing, are you? But you know what? It's so crazy because people want to record memories more than they want to have them, right? It's all about the smoke and mirrors, so they need to get it up on social media. My best friend, I said to her, I said, you know, I was, you know, with the advice we give, I read this thing that said, you know, if you for sure give yourself time without your phone and go do something with your partner, right? So I was like, it's an intimacy thing. So it's go spend time with somebody that you appreciate without your phone. And she was like, well, that just makes me really angry because when I'm out I want to I, I take pictures that's my thing now like I'm really and I was like oh I think you might be addicted to social media like she was like resistant to the idea we spent years not taking pictures when we were out and about mind you I did see something live which was amazing wasn't it I watched Alison and Jen in a play and Jen did you forget your script that's a question we need to ask okay <laughs> I mean Maureen you could have handled that anecdote a lot better I, 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 I'm amazed at how useless you are at telling an anecdote. Okay, let's set the scene. Alison and I are doing a rehearsed read-through for a play of two comedians, Steve Gribbin and Paul Ricketts have written this play. It's the story of Lizzie McGee, who created the Landlord's Game, which eventually became Monopoly, but it was Monopoly, and the story of Mary Pillon, who is telling the story of Lizzie McGee. I play Lizzie McGee. Alison plays Mary Pillon, and then we have other characters who are the ones that basically stole this idea of Monopoly from Lizzie McGee. Okay, so that's that's basically the, the story. But anyway, that's not important to Warren's exciting anecdote. Okay, what happened is, at the beginning, right, what the producer did, he basically introduced the cast. He said, please welcome onto the stage. And then he said, Rhea Lena, Alison June Smith. And they're coming on to say, Nick Helm, uh, David Mills. Da, da, da. Jen Brister. And we're all walking onto the stage separately. We get sit down, we pick up our scripts and we sat, sit in the chair awaiting the start of the show. Okay? I walk on. 
I'm the last person to walk on, okay? Jen Brister! I step, I walk on to the stage, I sit down on my chair, I go to pick up my script. There is no script. <laughs> There's no script. <laughs> now, I left my script there. People were like, oh, are we taking our scripts backstage or are we leaving them here? And I said, can I leave mine here? And everyone went, yes, leave it there. I said, great, because it's because it's, it's, my glasses. I'm going to leave my glasses there as well. Fine. So when everyone was backstage with their scripts, I just thought, well, they wanted to keep their script backstage, not me. I'm the clever one. I've kept it on the stage by my chair because that's where I'm going to be. Yeah. Somebody's moved my fucking script, haven't they? So when I walk on stage and I pick up my script, there is no script. So then I have to very gingerly and embarrassingly and awkwardly, I might say, walk off stage, search for my script backstage and then walk back on stage. Now, most people, no one noticed. One laugh at the back of the room. <laughs> yes, that laugh. Can you hear that laugh? Honestly, there was silence in the theatre studio space. Just the sound of Maureen. I thought, oh, I'm not going to hear the end of this. And lo and behold, I haven't. Hey, to make up for it, I did buy you a cocktail. She did. She bought me a Negroni. And the, oh, God, the look of pain on Maureen's face when she handed it over. It was. She was almost reluctant. It sort of stuck to her hand. She went, well, I hope you enjoy this. <laughs> it's cost me eight quid. <laughs> But there, that was fun, wasn't it? That was it was fun. A really, it was really enjoyable watching it. And obviously, I, I managed to appreciate Alison's knack for accents. Didn't I, <laughs> All I could remember is I always forget that at the end I have to do an Australian accent. And I, I am not... Uh... Let's hear it. Let's hear no! it, Alison. <laughs> Alison, let's hear it now. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Boy, wait. Boys, <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a good golfer. Yeah, it's awful. Maybe golfer <laughs> near the end. Maybe. No, Alison. I'm afraid not. I think that is the Dick Van Dyke school of accents you've gone to there. It's atrocious, everyone. <laughs> and uh, so all I could think of, I was like about to get to the line. I was like, oh, shit, I have to do this. And I was like, okay, you are going to mug to the audience. You're going to let them know that you're bad at this. So literally before I did it, I did a little giggle and a little wink to the audience. <laughs> then I delivered the worst Australian accent ever and gave them another little nod. The only reason people knew it was Australian was that um, Alison was pretending to do an impression of Margot Robbie. <laughs> and they were like, and Margot Robbie is Mary Pillon. And then, I, and then we just said, all right, boys. Oh. <laughs> I'm not a golfer, but what the so hell bad. accent is that? So Fortunately, there weren't any Australians in the room, otherwise I think it would have kicked off. I would like to apologise to all of our Australian listeners. <laughs> I am bad at all accents. It's not just yours, all of them. Well, good. It's good to be consistent. I think that's good. It was good. By the way, I was on uh, BBC Radio London this week. Uh, well, actually, earlier today. Yes. T- tell us how that went. It went fine. I did misspeak a couple of times because, you know, I always speak fast and I kind of sometimes miss. Talk too quickly, think too quickly, and then I misspeak. But um, yeah, it went went really well. I've, apparently, Claren didn't make a statement about me and didn't come on to, to interview with me. Um, weirdly, but any yeah, any housing lawyers, feel free to get in touch. Um, so yeah, but it was it was good to 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 kind of air it in public. It's great to get a voice because the, the reason they can get away with stuff is because you're voiceless. It's a great platform, and if you want to listen to that interview, you can on BBC Sounds because it was on BBC Radio London and you can listen to it on BBC Sounds if you live in the UK. Aside from the wonderful play that Alison and I did and what a play it was, what's everyone been doing this week? Maureen? I've got ear infection again. Okay, Alison, how about you? (laughs) 
Do you know what, Maureen? Oddly enough, I have a little bit of a rash in my ear. There we go. Jen, wow. you. Ear situation? Well, you know I always have a little bit of eczema in my ear. I don't like to talk about it. You like to keep the sense of mystery, don't you? Listen, I've got to keep all of this stuff in mystery. Some of our <laughs> listeners are actually into this, this bit of lesbo material. <laughs> all of a sudden we find a niche ear rash market. Some some woman over 50s is into a lesbian with an ear rash, and I don't want to excite or tickle their fancy, actually, Maureen. So let's... Let's uh, move away from that conversation. Um, I'm just going to have a little slight moan here. My favourite pyjamas, right, had to go in the wash. Eventually they do, otherwise you snap them in two, don't you? So I put them in the wash, right? And then I've got these other pyjamas, which are not my favourite. And I and then I was wearing them last night. And I just remembered why they're not my favourite. The crotch bit isn't, isn't low enough. So when I'm asleep, my pyjamas just find their way all the way up there. The whole time I'm sleeping, I keep waking up going, what is that? And I'm just having to pull down what is essentially an entire pyjama bottom from... Anyway, it doesn't matter. But because... (laughs) All right, here's the problem. It's the same company that made these, both the ones I love and the ones I don't love. So I'd like to have a word with the company now, if they're listening. You've created some very comfortable pyjamas for me in the past. And here's a little bit of feedback for you, okay? Just keep the crotch low. Okay, so that nothing jiggery. We don't want any jiggery pokery up there in the middle of the night. Okay, I don't want a. I don't want a tight trouser crotch area. Are, are we? Are you with me? Do you understand? I want it low. I want it to hang low so that everything's free and easy and breezy down there. So that's what every woman wants. There isn't a single woman in the world that's like before. I go, when I go to sleep, I want everything up a cooch. No, nobody wants that. So a little bit of feedback to anyone designing pajamas. That's it. That's it. I mean, Maureen, I know you don't wear pajamas. This isn't a conversation you can. No, I'm a nighty person. She's a negligee. Alison, I imagine you're you're a negligee. I sleep nude. I'm a nude. I'm a nude sleeper. There we go. Not when I'm in a hotel. When I'm in a hotel, I'm a nighty girl because I believe in like freedom, right? I want freedom, so I do a nighty. I wear socks, but you know, and uh, but yeah, I'm a nude sleeper, guys. I can't be restricted. For someone who has body issues like I do, I like a little bit of nudity. And nighttime is definitely one of those times. Nighttime is the right time. Hey, also, it's a great thing to be because should anyone be vaguely amorous on, you know, it's nice to have that. Oh, I don't have to take my T-shirt off. <laughs> Easy access. Exactly, Maureen, because that's the kind of thing that would make me think twice about doing it. I'd be like, I've got to take my trousers. Shall we leave it? And then that would be like, yeah, let's leave it. And that's what... So it's Gender good. romantic. <laughs> Hey, perhaps we've revealed too much on this uh, part of the podcast. No, I like that we've talked about it, although I am motioning for us to move on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm like, all right, uh, I just told the world I'm nude when I sleep. Let's go. Move on. Next thing. I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh, my God, Maureen. I don't under- I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. Well, you're going to love this one. A friend asked me to go to the cinema and it was, it, he gave me like 50 minutes notice and I quickly read the text and I thought he said, the French Dispatch, do you want to go and see the French Dispatch? I was like, yeah. So I got there just in time. It was at the Soho Hotel, private screening, BAFTA screening. Really posh hotel, really posh screening. Went to watch the film, got there in time, went... And then it turned out it wasn't the French Dispatch. It was a French film called Happening on a very dark subject, which uh, doesn't leave a lot to the imagination and some really 
heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching, I suppose, scenes. So not quite what I was expecting. Um, doesn't leave a lot to the imagination. You got to see um, a couple of things that I didn't particularly want. So I was like hide hiding because you know me, I don't really do stuff like that, gory stuff. So I watched that. And then you're going to love this because it's a very, very posh hotel. And I hadn't eaten, so I sneaked into Tesco's on the way because it's just off Dean Street. So even before the lights went down, I was there, everyone's sitting there, and I'm eating cocktail sausages and Asani from Tesco's <laughs> in the BAFTA, at the BAFTA screening for this movie, French movie. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> But you can I okay see already I'm I'm logic I was like sandwich I'd at least grab a sandwich but no you went with cocktail sausages something that is faffy yeah because they're easy to eat aren't they cocktail sausages sorry can I just go back to the film <laughs> yeah oh because my, I yeah. think I've, I think I think I, I, your friend sent you a message to go and see a film he's he actually wrote French film but I read it as the French Dispatch because I didn't really read the message properly but it was a French film. Not the French Dispatch. Right. So, okay. So the French Dispatch is a film that is currently out in cinemas at the moment. Right. Okay. And so you were thinking, great. I'd love to see the new Wes Anderson bonkers movie at a private hotel in Soho. And off you went. But instead you watched a completely different movie. So, Maureen, you, you've gone to see a movie. It's not the movie you've gone to see because, God forbid, you should read the text message which, which gives you the title of the film. Yeah? You've just seen... The title was in there. You just saw French and went, I think it's probably the film I want to see, which is The French Dispatch. <laughs> <laughs> which isn't, by the way, a French movie, is it? Well, you know, it's an American movie. Um, and then whilst in this posh hotel in Soho where you went to see a BAFTA viewing of this film... You thought eating cocktail sausages in the bar was was appropriate. Yeah, well, I was hungry, wasn't I? We're all hungry, Maureen. I've I've been hungry in many a situation. I never thought I'll just pop to Greg's and have a chew and a pasty. <laughs> you know what? If the Greg's had been there, I would have got a sausage roll in, to be fair. but um... Oh, absolutely. And here's the thing. I... I'm going to defend Maureen on this. I'm going to jump in and get, uh, no, not the whole thing, Maureen. Don't oh. think I'm giving you, I'm not giving you credit on the whole thing. Take a minute, sister. Okay. Uh, you get credit for, oh, thank you. No, no. I give you credit for, I would also do the same thing. I probably would have grabbed a snack. Absolutely. Because like, I don't know the cost of the stuff there. I don't know if I'll be able to eat during the viewing. I need food though. I'm hungry. I absolutely would stop. But cocktail sausages just seems like difficult. That's a lot of like, take it out, one at a time. It hasn't finished yet, the story, by the way. Um, oh, okay. We're oh, still in the... Sorry. God. Go on. <laughs> My friend then took me out for dinner. Very nice guy. And um... so, so wait, 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 wait. Estop, as my mum would say. Okay. <laughs> Did you know you were going to go out for dinner? No. Okay. All right. I'm going to let you off because if you knew you were going to go out for dinner and you still got cocktail sausages, I'm going to have to have a strong word after this podcast is finished recording. Though, to be fair, I did suggest it. <laughs> I like your style. Oh, well, I mean, what are you going to do? Go home and make something? Nah, those sausages are gone. You're going to need some food. She suggested it because she knew she wasn't going to pay. Yeah, I, I, I kind of guess he'd probably pay for me. And then he, at the end, right, we, had to, we were going and there was like, he, actually, because he knows me so well, he, I was going to get a cocktail. He went, do you want a pina colada more? And I went, yeah, even though it wasn't on the menu. And then there was all this foam left, alcoholic foam left in the glass. And so I just got a knife because there was no spoon and just at the foam out with the knife at the end right okay <laughs> well that's it that's it for this episode of wtb we've peaked um 
This is why I don't go out for dinner for romantic dates. It's not a good idea. No, is it? well, Laura, there's a number of different reasons why you don't go out for dinner for romantic <laughs> dates. Of, of course, we could add that to the list. Um, well, Maureen, um, what to say about that other than it's exactly what we all expected? I'm, I'm pretty sure we're at this point in the podcast, however many episodes we are in, 50 odd, that people are listening to this going, yeah, that doesn't actually seem like it. I think we need to get more extreme, actually, to really. <laughs> hit the same notes we were before, where people are going, what? Because now people have become numb to these experiences. You know you know how you, people have sort of like empathy numbness where they go, I can't connect with what's happening in the universe or in the world. I just feel it's overwhelming. That's how people feel about being more in with They're like, yeah, that seems absolutely normal to me. Yeah. <laughs> Maureen, thank you very much for your being more in moment. As always, I love to hear them. Let's head over to Alison June-Smith, who I believe has got some questions to be answered in Ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice, I ain't using it. Also, I just wanted to bring up that I had a lovely message from one of our listeners who uh, was like, hey, thanks a lot for addressing my advice. And I just wanted to say thank you to that listener. That was really sweet to actually have someone reach out and go, I really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. That's That's what I'm here for. We want to do this. I love this sort of thing. And um, this this problem, well, this this, uh, issue, I thought this was such a good one. And I actually think it's really important. I think it's lovely that we are going to talk about it on this show. So uh, someone wrote in, how do you make real friends in your 30s? How the hell do you start a genuine friendship when you are no longer a teenager? And I was like, you know what? I bet that is tricky. You know, we're very fortunate in that for me, comedy has been the thing and I've been able to meet a lot of other comedians and I develop relationships from that. But I imagine it would be tricky. You know, I think there's a lot of people that you get caught up. And so good for you for acknowledging this. I think a lot of people don't take the time to cultivate real friendships later on in life because we get caught up with life, work, family, and we almost don't have the time right? Because we're so busy. That is our life that we don't have the time anymore for friendships. Whereas when we're younger, friendships are like the foundation of everything that you are. You're looking for someone to hang out with, to spend time with. And so I think, you know, as we get older, one day we wake up and we look around and we're like, oh, whoa, whoa. Who, who am I close to? Who do I talk to? Who is a real friend? So um, no matter the reasons for friendships, look, to function as a human, we need to have friendships. We need the feeling of acceptance. We need the feeling of encouragement. And we need these feelings in like a non, like a platonic, a non-sexual way. You just, you just want comfort, affirmation. And so friendships um, help to release endorphins within us that help us to enhance our functioning in all aspects of our life. So I think if you don't take the time to focus on your friendships and, and finding those friendships, you're actually doing yourself a huge disfavor. That's what I think. So disservice, not disfavor. That's not a real word. 
disservice. Um, so <laughs> you want to still take my advice? Here we go. Okay. So uh, how? Before you get into this, I-, I want you to think about making friendships as a priority. Okay. It is something you need to, like I said before, take the time, uh, make the time specifically for this. And you need to be consistent with it. It's like any relationship. You know, you, you have to have a consistent time that you put into. And if I can say this, if you're not going to make the time to find friends, you're probably not going to have the time to have a friend. So this is good now that you're taking that chunk out of your life and going, okay, this will be my future friendship time. I'm going to focus on taking the time. The other thing I want you to do is before you start this kind of process, just um, accept and get used to some rejection because you're going to be giving and taking. You're going to meet people and maybe they're just not your jam. And, and you, you know, you're going to have to slowly back off. And maybe people are going to meet you and be like, mm, you're not really what I'm looking for. So just get used to rejection now and know it's okay. It's all right. What you're doing right now is just going through a period where you would just want to meet a lot of people. And that's absolutely fine. Have courage and don't overthink it. I think sometimes we can get real caught in our head and worrying about what people are going to think of us or, you know, are we coming on too strong? Just have courage proceed and and give it a go and and don't get too in your head don't think too much about it now obviously the question is where where do we go to find friends all right you, you know well you know here are some suggestions get to know your colleagues like i said before i'm a comedian I, I get to meet a lot of people and now and again you'll have a click with someone so look around your workplace maybe you haven't taken the time to really mine that field if you will see if there's someone there that you get along with And then another suggestion I like to do, I call this tap friends of friends. So if you meet someone through someone and you, you you know, get along with them, why not reach out a bit more? Hang out with them a bit. Hey, my, my best friend, people adore her when they meet her. And like, I think it's fantastic. I want her to hang out with as many people as possible. So she still remembers I'm number one. So, you know, by all means, tap friends of friends. I think if you meet someone through someone, I think we're all adults. We understand people get along. That can be a real good resource. This might sound weird. Look up old friends right? Was there somebody from your past that like you really had a connection with? I remember ages ago, Maureen, we were talking about how much you lit up connecting with some people that you hadn't chatted with for a while. And that really invigorates that sense of like what it is you're looking for. It reminds you the feeling of what it is being around friends. Do you have uh, kids? Parents? What about other parents? Now I know this is a tricky one because you might get some duds, but again, right, it's a part of the process. See if there's some parents of some kids that your kids play with. That's a nice way to look. Obviously, you can volunteer. You can uh, look for groups that are in your interest wheelhouse, right? Book clubs, this and that. I don't know. I know there's lots of online horror film people. I would probably look there to have chats with somebody for myself. And then also, this please don't judge me, but there are apps, okay? Just so you know, Bumble and like... There's one called, uh, I forget, but there's there's literally apps that you can find that are like friend, people who are like, I'm new to this city. I'm looking. And again, proceed with caution. But they are designed specifically to find some friends. Taking a class. Oh, that was a good one that I thought. Because if, if you're going to be like, I need to make the time to find friends, well, may take a class. That's a good way to immediately structure yourself that time. I mean, maybe the class won't last. Maybe you'll stop. But it's just a good way to force yourself to make the time. How? Okay. Here's some keys. Compliment people. All right, throw out some compliments. Everyone likes to get a compliment. Everyone likes to receive compliments. Compliment some people when you talk to them. Get real fast. You know, I know we've got walls up. We want to guard ourselves. But, like, if you're looking for connections, 
don't be afraid to be so vulnerable a little bit. Make yes your standard answer. So if somebody says something or asks you to do something, normally you might be like, not so much. Say yes. Just try some different things. Just say yes. You'd be amazed at how many opportunities present themselves when you start being saying yes. Be open to new kinds of friends, maybe people that you weren't expecting. Give it a go. I mean, I don't know. Maybe an 80-year-old woman is going to be your best mate yet. You don't know. Give them a try. And then the last thing I want you to remember is be patient. This is like anything. It takes some time. But I guarantee you, if you put some effort into it, you will find some friendships that uh, that, uh, that will be meaningful and, and make your life a bit better. There we go. That's my advice. Hey, Alison, can I suggest, um, there's, I can't remember the exact uh, website, but it's like meetup.com or something, meetup websites. And they're very good. I did one, a cultural one in London. And so you did board games and then we went around the V&A. And the thing is because often, and it's definitely not a dating thing, which I think sometimes these things you're worried they're going to be. But it's kind of a good way because it's a very relaxed way of meeting people and you get chatting and you meet a lot of different people. So, um, and there's various groups you can join. So that'd be something I would I would suggest. Oh. Jen, we can't hear you. I muted myself earlier, sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've got this really annoying cough. What I do is when you're talking, Alison, I just mute myself so you don't hear in the background. <laughs> I'll start again, that's what I'll do. <laughs> I think these meetup groups are actually pretty good and, and they are, there's a meetup group for literally anything and everything. Whatever your interests are, there is a meetup group for it. And uh, I think... The, the other great thing is, as Maureen said, is that they're not, people aren't going there to meet a partner. They're not dating. I mean, there might be some people who are open to it, but the whole idea is, 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 is for people who are trying to, you know, maybe their friendship groups are all married and they've got kids and now they don't see those friends anymore. And it's quite hard to have, to make new friends as we get older in our 30s. But I also think you can make some of the best friends of your life in your 30s. Because the great thing about being in your 30s is that you've, you're not going to suffer fools. Like a lot of the time we make friends when we're children and we might, they listen, we might still be friends with them in our 40s and 50s. But actually when we do meet up with them, we might find that we just spend our whole time talking about, hey, do you remember when we were five? Yeah. Because we don't really have any, anything in common now. The friends that you make now will be the people that you probably have the most in common with until, you know, until the end of whatever, your life. Um, so I think, you know, your 30s can be the best time. I've definitely made some of my closest friends in my 30s, uh, of which I include everyone on this Zoom call. <laughs> yeah. I think that there's something really positive about that. So I think to our listener who wrote in for Alison is, is don't be saddened or disheartened by the fact that right now you haven't made, met those people or have those friendship groups. I would feel excited about the friends that you, you will in, in, inevitably make because you sound like you're open to it. And uh, I think that's the most important thing, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think it can often happen. I mean, I was like that in the early 30s when people go off to get married and blah, blah, blah. And, I, you know, I was like the single woman. So they'd see you during the week, but they wouldn't see you at the weekend because, you know, that's when they did their couples thing. So it can happen quite easily in your 30s. So, yeah, you're not alone um, and it, it it can all change. It can. And it sounds like it bloody well will because Alison has given <laughs> some absolute dynamite <laughs> advice as always. Oh, thanks, guys. Maureen, you look surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to put It's called being professional, Alison. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks, yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? <laughs> well, what's everybody been watching on television? Well, apart from that film that I saw, I have really been watching my usual Austrian TV. I did see a film with a guy, you know, from uh, Lives of Others, Sebastian Koch. He's playing Alfred Noble for the Nobel Prizes, who I didn't realise. I had no idea, he, you know, the reason he gave all those prizes because he created, he, he invented dynamite and felt guilty blah 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 but uh, and also it was about him and his relationship with uh, Bertha von Suttner who was the second woman ever to get a Nobel Peace Prize so it was about their relationship um, and it was all in German so it's probably not much used to anybody <laughs> well, like, presumably they can subtitle it can't yeah. they I presume so but I saw it on Austrian TV but anyway so that's that's the only thing I've watched oh and I watched the le- latest episode of Shetland oh right great are you still enjoying that I started looking at my phone during it which is not a good sign is it no I tapped out, I'm afraid. And I, yeah, episode one. I think I was distracted and maybe I didn't give the episode the attention it deserved. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't gone back. I might do. I might, I might do, Maureen. I might bloody well do. Uh, what have I been watching? Thank you for asking. Well, again, I haven't really been watching anything because um, I've been working every single night yet again. Uh, so I haven't had any nights at home. But what I have been doing is occasionally I've been watching a bit of something on my on my phone on the way to a gig or what have you. So I am back to watching, of course, Alison, what would I be watching but some sort of zombie apocalypse thing. Oh, which one are you in? Yeah. I got desperate and I went back to Fear the Walking Dead, which is not great. See, early days it was all right, but now it's just petering. Yeah, but you know what? It's so... The thing is with... Um, all of these, Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, is so the first couple of series, they are, it is post-apocalyptic and it is absolutely terrifying and that's what I want. And then it becomes quite suburban and sort of like neighbours but with zombies. 
and, <laughs> and it becomes more about the drama between people. And I'm like, and then there's just, there's two, there's a couple of them in a row going, oh, well, you should have emptied the dishwasher. And there's just a zombie in the background. And you think, it's kind of lost its touch now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on series six of Fear the Walking Dead because I, I, I will stick with these these dreadful shows. And it's, it's sort of picked up again. It's sort of picked up again. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested. But, I mean, you have the suspension of disbelief, of course. Look, I understand I'm watching a, what is, this is ostensibly a, a television show based on a comic, isn't it? But, so please don't write into it to tell me that I'm wrong. But, I mean, it goes, it's, it goes completely batshit, doesn't it? These, these programs. Have, how far have you gotten Fear the Walking Dead, Alison? Well, like we tried, what's the, is it, is it is six the current one? Whatever the most current one is, we quit about two weeks ago because we're like, I just, it's not, I'm tired. I think of... seven. We made it to seven. Wherever we're at. But I'm at the point now where like sometimes I tap out some episodes and I'll be like, so what happened? And Danny will be like, this, this, this. And I'll be like, great. And I'll go, so I know I'm out and my heart's not in it. It's changed. It's not for me. But, uh, you know, well done. And, uh, you know, let's. Well done to everybody involved. Okay. Alison, talk to me about horrors. This one might fall into a bit more of a thriller, but I was thinking about friendships and, you know, making friendships. And then I thought, oh, what if friendship goes wrong? So I'm going with the classic, da-da-da-da, single white female. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) You bet. You bet. Because it's, it's, you know, yeah, we've all seen it. And I thought it's, again, it's more of a thriller, but there are some horror elements in it. I'm sure you jumped a little bit here and there, right, Maureen? It was a long time ago, but I'm sure I did. Oh, yeah, when the shoe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the shoe was, especially when I was thinking, don't worry, it's not a giveaway. It'll still make sense, everyone. Uh, You can get it on Amazon Prime. Basically, what happens is, I mean, we all know the story. Jennifer Jason Lee needs a roommate, and so Bridget Fonder moves in with her. Jennifer kind of starts to copy her. Totally, it's all about ripping off who someone is, tries to sleep with her boyfriend, wants to take over her life, wants to become her. So it's a very interesting psycho psychological thriller yeah psychological thriller and um yeah i just thought it's a, it's a gooder i think anyone would enjoy it so single white female you can get it on amazon prime this is the first one i think i've said that all of us have seen so i'm hitting a pretty good mainstream nice one yeah single white female everyone yes i did enjoy it and and uh, jennifer jason lee is really good in it in a bad way is it bridget fonda who's the who's the nutty one no! Is it Jennifer Jason Lee? No, it's Jennifer Jason Lee's the nutty one. What was the Bridget Fonda one? No. Mm. Oh, God, Warren. I mean, I did see it about 20-odd years ago, so... I know, but, I mean, that's, that, that's a bit like watching Silence of the Lambs and go, isn't Jodie Foster the sicko in the... Not quite the same. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Jodie Foster that did something weird with her lips while she was having a glass of Chianti. No, that wasn't Jodie Foster. Anyway, it wasn't. Jennifer Jason Lee is the person you need to watch out for if you're going to share a room. There was that trope, though, wasn't there? As with the bunny boiler... As the only thing I the only thing I find about with these films is if there is a woman who is not acting, you know, within the parameters of, you know, psychological normalcy, or is in in these cases slightly unhinged, then that becomes what we any woman that doesn't sort of like toe the line. Oh, you know that single white female. Oh, she no, I heard she's a bit of a bunny boiler. You know that, that's the only thing that that those films in the nineties and eighties definitely created is another way to uh, be reductive about women, uh, particularly our mental health. And, oh yeah, you know because women that we and, and we do it to each other where we refer to each other as nutters. Oh, she's a nutter. 
Is she? Maybe she's just pissed off with you because you're a plank, mate. Maybe you're the nutter, yeah. Maybe if you didn't fucking, you know, chop your pubes off on the bathroom floor and leave them there, she wouldn't lose her rag all the time. That's all. That's the only comment I wanted to make on the back of that uh, recommendation. But other than that, enjoy it. Enjoy it. And don't take, don't hang on to any of those sort of political um, undertoes that uh, exist. But th- th- they are there. I mean, obviously they're there. But uh, but that don't let that stop you enjoying a film about an absolute unhinged woman with a pair of stilettos. Anyway, good. Thank you very much, Alison. I feel like wandering over to a corner that's cultured and seeing what's in it. course it's the corner time that is often cultural but sometimes just batshit <laughs> well it's something a bit different now this is the life in stages uh, series on youtube which is brought to you by the national theater so you can actually look for it on youtube or go to the national theater .org.uk website and the link will be there. It's an interview series profiling some of the biggest names in British theatre. So you've got Olivia Coleman, uh, Jesse Buckley, Josh O'Connor, Adrian Lester, Mira Sale, Bill Nye, Sophia Conedo, and they just reflect on their careers and the earliest theatre memories and, you know, their big professional highs, their big professional lows, and just having a nice little chat. In fact, uh, the guy from um, the zombie thing, Andrew Lincoln, is one of the people. He was on the National Theatre. Incredible. And so, yeah, they're just very nice. If you're into, like, Oliver Coleman's there, so if if you're into actors and stuff, it's actually quite a nice little series to to watch on YouTube, all free. Brilliant. How did you hear about this morning? I'm just a very cultured person, Jen. I just knew All right. Do you know what? <laughs> put, one, put the little bat culture sign out into the sky and Maureen was like, there's culture happening. I shall find it. Yeah. I mean, to, be, to be fair, I do, I do like to take the piss out of you, Maureen. It's one of my hobbies. But um, <laughs> you, do, you do pick up on this shit, don't you? You really do. I mean, this all of this stuff goes over my head. It does go over my head. And then the only reason why I know about most of it is because you tell me. I know, because honestly, I, I well, actually I watched the, there was an interview. They all did a, a play together. Bill Nye, Juwetel, Ijefor, and um, was it Andrew Lincoln? They all did a play together at the National. So they, they, they all three of them are talking. And it's really interesting, actually, going, they all talk about, you know, acting and the play and everything. So it's uh, it's quite, quite. I haven't listened to Olivia Coleman one, but I bet you that's quite an interesting watch as well so yeah they're worth having a look at and they're free to watch so you know great well that sounds like something i would i'd delve into i'd, I'd love to see the comedians version of that <laughs> just a load of comedians and they get them to one side tell us about uh october let's i'm just looking here i see you did uh just the tonic nottingham in october <laughs> 2012 talk, talk, talk to me about that night and how that yeah, felt yeah, yeah. uh thank you buddy yeah lose my shit over th- okay this is it right let's go it's happening now <laughs> i cannot handle this <laughs> it's jen brister jen we want to know what's gotten your goat this week i've got to clean my car now i don't want to go on about domestic things this isn't what people have come for they want hard-hitting cerebral cultural offerings from three very intelligent women that's what they want unfortunately we can't give you that but (laughs) instead i will have to give you it's getting i don't know what to do about my car my car is permanently disgusting it's just disgusting i i i think 
think COVID started in my car. <laughs> it doesn't matter how often I seem to clean it, which actually isn't that often. But I am always one that cleans it because Chloe moans like, I do all of this and I do all the mental load. Oh, gosh, she doesn't have bang on about that. So I said, listen, I'll be the person. <laughs> She so doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh, she, doesn't, no. she doesn't. She does not listen to this podcast. You'd be so much <laughs> Well, I told you what she said when I said, why don't you listen to the podcast? She goes, because I live with you. I don't need to listen to the podcast. I thought, yeah, that's actually fair. <laughs> that's a very that's good answer. Confirmed. 100% yeah. fair. But my car is permanently just disgusting. And one, because I have children. And two, because I have children. And there's permanently, like apple cores and crisp packets and muesli bar things and bits of wood and sticks and stones and fur cones and pebbles my kids i don't know if other people's kids do this but my kids will go to a park and they'll be like they'll just pick up sticks and you, to anyone else we're like well that's just a that's just a piece of shit can we chuck that away they're like that they have a tantrum they're in tears this is my special stick the stick that i was born to carry mama how dare you take my special stick away you're like Okay, fine. Just take the fucking stick, right? So we take the stick. It's in the boot. It just stays there. And then the next time we go out, another stick goes in. My kids caught me chucking a load of sticks. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I did it in front of them. Oh, <laughs> Now, when we get in the car, they want to look in the boot to check the sticks are there. Oh, no. Now, if I, if I was my mum, if I was my mum, I'd be like, I don't give a shit about your sticks, sweetheart. The sticks are going. Except she would have said it with a Spanish accent. She would go, I don't care about your sticks. And off the sticks would go. <laughs> but I seem to be unable to say to my to my children, fuck you and your sticks. It's disgusting. And I don't want sticks in the with pebbles and fur cones. And by the way, fur cones are full of bugs and shit. It's going in the bin. Deal with it. Grow up. I'd just like, all right, darling. Well, let's hang on to the sticks a bit longer. I mean, basically, we've just got... We could build, you know, like the three little pigs. I could build the second one's home uh, right now out of watching the car. <laughs> so that's what's got my go. And and the thing is, is that I am really the only person that could do something about it. And that's also got my go. And I know people are going to say to me, Jen, take it to someone and get them to clean it. But the, the, the nearest place to do that is quite far. So I'd have to go. And then I'd be hanging around in an area where there are no shops or anything with the so oh, look it's a first world problem and i don't even know what I'm, i don't i can't believe i'm bringing it to the table this is it's embarrassing but it has got my go i got in the car the other day and i was like it's disgusting clean your car brister but you know i won't i won't it will still be like this next week i mean maureen's like maureen wouldn't even notice she'd have gotten the car and went, i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> no i wouldn't notice that would be the adv big advantage wouldn't notice. i think it's great you talk about it though people relate to this i personally as soon as you started talking about the sticks because one time i went to jen's place and her children made me a craft which was a series of sticks that they had gotten on the walk <laughs> and they glued it to paper and like drew around it and i was like oh my god that's so sweet and jen's like just will you take it with you and throw it away when you leave the house like you can just throw it away you don't have to keep it but will you just take it with you and throw it away <laughs> i was like i will absolutely throw it allison said I, she was so sweet she said jen i will take this one but i might have to leave this one i said allison chuck it in the bin love you don't have to <laughs> <laughs> oh dear god love them god love them but my my car is a hole so that is what's got my goat this uh uh, uh this afternoon there's always something Women talking bollocks. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, then why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, like us, leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. <laughs> Will that do? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.